Hey, Shannon. Do you think that it might be ironic that we're talking about visual learning on a podcast? <laughs> visual learning. Visual learning. <laughs> this is the Reading Teachers Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. We'll explain what that means in a second. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Shannon Betts. Um, I've been teaching since 2002, and um, I've been a classroom teacher, reading specialist, and I'm currently a resource teacher and guidance counselor at a private school. Um, I'm Mary Sagafi. I am a reading tutor. I have Orton-Gillingham training. I'm a dyslexia advocate, um, and I've been working since 2006. I also have a degree in special education. <laughs> That's a good thing to mention. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So today we're going to be talking about visual learning, and visual learning is building off our previous episode when we were talking about multisensory education. So. Um, along with multisensory education, we promised you some more specific ideas that are linked to our visual learners and how we can support our visual learners. Yes. And so to put it in context, I'm going to share a little clip. Um, I love the show New Girl because Jess is a teacher. And she's just hilarious. Yeah. And uh, this was my favorite all-time episode of the, of the whole show because I've always been interested in learning styles. And so Coach really brings it to life in this little clip. learning and starting that chant I laughed so hysterically when that episode was airing and like anytime I teach anything about learning styles that's all I think about is coach yelling that out but he was a visual learner and he needed a demonstration so she's in a staff meeting and she's trying to demonstrate um what if sexual assault is happening or, or any um, harassment yeah. harassment is happening and so they need to do a big motion with their hands to say shut it down and we'll link to um the youtube clip of this because it really is just really funny but when shannon taught it to her kids they also started chanting visual learn visual learn did not show them the clip with the little skit with the sexual <laughs> harassment all i did was show them coach saying visual learner but i was just showing that adults talk about this too like we need to know our learning style and know which best way we learn new information and what is he saying in this clip he's a visual learner and so he's asking for a demonstration, which is a really good strategy. So if you are a visual learner, asking for a demonstration or acting it out or something similar to that style is a really good strategy to use. So um, what what are some other characteristics of visual learners? Yeah, if you find yourself um, as a person who doodles or needs to like kind of create a diagram um, and, and doodle notes in your um, the margins of your paper, maybe you're a visual learner. 
Um, visual learners process and retain information best when they can really see it. So they often prefer to sit in the front of the class and watch the lecture really closely. Um, and they often try to make sense of what's happening, like using a chart or using some sort of graphic. Um, they might be good at spelling and grammar, or comprehend charts and graphs quickly. They might be able to convey complex ideas visually. Um, they may be really good with visual communication skills, and they might even be creative and enjoy creating art. I am not a visual learner. <laughs> I appreciate a chart, but it's really hard for me to generate it. I learn well when I have something in front of me that demonstrates what's expected, um, but for me to generate it myself, it's actually really difficult. Okay. So I know that about myself. So it's maybe more your input than your output? Right. Well, here's the difference, though. So it is def I'm definitely more of um, like getting it in, like when I, here's a good example. Virtual learning was extremely difficult for me in college. I did not do very well. I really need that interpersonal reaction from the professor. I really need somebody to have conversations. Well, true. We both learn best through dialogue, which is why we started a podcast together. Go figure. Right. Which is another reason I do love podcasts. Um, but I do learn best when it's the auditory is aided with the visual. Okay. I would say that that definitely um, is a strength of mine. So, but we do have some kids who are opposite and they really need that visual input even more so, um, or can create it and generate it and demonstrate their learning in that yeah. way. So anchor charts are so important. Um, yes. It helps all the students in your class, but especially the ones who um, are the visual learning learners. Those anchor charts are remarkable. And I also think that the invention of Pinterest is also such an yes. amazing thing. I learned early on that um, you know you borrow great ideas from really great teachers and then you create them as your own and, and you incorporate that. And Pinterest has taken that idea and just helped it explode you yes. know, in so many and ways. And it helps if the students will copy the anchor chart in their, um, in their interactive notebook or do some other sort of visual summary of the yes. of the learning in their interactive notebook. I do think those interactive note those interactive notebooks, but when you create a, an interactive notebook, it's such a powerful tool for students to be able to come back to and utilize as a study, um, uh, something to study with, go back through and review, um, and it, it kind of anchors a little bit of meaning to it. So yeah. I love I love those. I think that um... my dad is an auditory learner, but then he can also like go back and go, well, that was probably on page 150 in the third paragraph and he can find it. Wow. So I think that's a little bit visual too. Yeah. That, that like picture recall is really yeah, impressive. Yeah. I can't do that. But. Yeah. Well, um, so Jennifer Saravalo, we've talked about her books before with the reading and writing strategies, but she has almost every single one of those strategies. She has an anchor chart that are just amazing. Like one of my favorites is the, uh Oh, phew one and it shows like a roller coaster and that's basically like story structure of showing that the rising action is happening and yep. then kind of at the top it's the big um climax of the story and then sort of at the end you know this it's kind of resolved and um just having that little visual and like i had my students copy that and we read um oh we read nuffle bunny and we did that um strategy with it and uh, i love the nuffle bunny book that's right well and you know the big action is when it's in the um in the um, in the washing, washing machine. machine, yeah, and yeah. then what's going to happen? So, um, but just something like that, then they can apply it to other um, stories. Yeah, I, there's so many, especially um, when I'm working with students. We have a lot of B and D reversals, so we love to use the different visuals 
and I sort of let students choose which visual works best for them. So sometimes there's the drum with a stick mm -hmm. for the D, and sometimes there's the bat and then the ball for the students. Um, I have one student right now who loves the baby and the diaper. The baby has a big diaper. And the baby has a big belly and big, then the big, diaper. Sorry, yes, a big belly and then the, the dirty diaper in the back. Um, he loves that one. And sometimes I'll do um, the bed visual and Deb cannot sleep on her bed. <laughs> right. We love that one too. And then we've shown, um, if you go on our Instagram in the past, we've shown like um, just using the student's hands to show those B's and D's. Right. Exactly. Yep. And, and that's also a really good quick visual for students to use. Um, so we have created a Q and U wedding in my classroom before when I was teaching first grade. Um, so that the students could always remember that Q is in love with you. They go everywhere together in the English language. They're always going to be side by side. And that visual kind of supports it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's that like a demonstration. So that's a little bit tactile, but also that visual demonstration piece where they can remember that experience. And then anytime they see Q and U, apply that. Yep, exactly. Um, uh, so for sure, some older students even giving them the ability to create their own practice test and review their notes and, and create their own test, that's another really good visual tool for students to be able to see what the test looks like or do a practice test that way so that they can feel more confident um, when they're taking their regular test. Um, I like that with the older students too and the younger ones. Um, graphic organizers are just one of the best things and so um, I'll link in the show notes just, you know, some books that I've had for years of just like all the graphic organizers you can use for basically any reading skill. Um, but then one I found, I think it was on Pinterest mm -hmm. um, or maybe YouTube, and it was using um, a, the main idea stool. And it was basically saying that the main idea was on the top of the stool and yep. then the details were the legs that held up the main idea and i think we even like um made it to like be three-dimensional on our desk um when we were analyzing nonfiction to find the main idea and the details and that experience i didn't have to do a whole lot of lessons on main idea because they really got it when i made it multi-sensory in that way I love the idea of building with visual, even art pieces and things like that, like building a hamburger to build a paragraph or, mm -hmm. we or the Oreo it, for opinion writing. Right. We used to do a pickle sandwich when we were doing paragraph writing, and that was always a good visual, too. Um, I, and even when you're teaching a lot of phonics concepts, do incorporating art pieces like your yeah, we've talked to we've talked about that in previous episodes when um, when I did I had that student um, do the. E, e or ea words and they were sorting and they either put them on the tree or the leaves yes and um that really helped the student remember it was that experience mm -hmm. and also that visual of okay was that word was it with the ea did i write it on a leaf or did i write it on the on the tree trunk with the ee -E? and then they can remember that visual and then hopefully remember that spelling yeah no yeah, that's um, another favorite phonics lesson of mine is um, teaching open and closed syllables with the house yes. and opening the door and the consonant is not there so they don't have anything impeding it. It can shout out its name, the full open vowel. So the word no is N-O and keep the door open when um, the consonant is closed and it has a consonant at the end that they, it shuts out the vowel sound and the vowel sound gets clipped off and it would just be hot, um, for example. 
So you really are going to have to go back on our Instagram for all of these because, like, I'm just realizing basically every episode we talk about something, we're talking about visual ideas because most of our teaching is multisensory. Um, in the syllables episode, I talked about with one student, he was having so much trouble um, forgetting all the different vowel sounds. And mm-hmm. then I finally did them with colors. And yes. we, um, I had him color code. Um, if the vowel was open, he colored it one way. But if the vowel was um, with the magic E, he colored it a different way. If he colored it with two vowels, it was another color. And we really had an aha moment when he goes, oh, and he looked at a word and he goes, oh, that's going to be one of those yellow ones. And then he remembered, okay, well, the yellow ones have the long sounds or whatever. And then he was able to decode that word. And so he just needed something to like stick it to in his brain. And that visual cue helped him with that. I, I think that's so good. In the last episode, I was giving an example of a really good multi-sensory lesson um, for teaching sight words, and we talked about um, word frames. Mm-hmm. And word frames are a concept where you help the students identify letters and their um, spatial sense. And so if you have a tall letter like a lowercase f um, that goes above both of the lines, if you have a letter G that dives below the lines, and so these are letter tiles that fit between um, the handwriting grid lines. And so you can make up a word that would have um, tiles that would be tall or tiles that would dive below the line or if they stated between the two writing lines. And that's a really good visual for kids who have difficulties with spacing and writing their letters. Yeah, and I've seen sight word shadows even where it's like, here's just the outline of the sight word and like oh. grow is going to have like one below the line at the very front and then the other three letters are going to be sort of all within those space lines yep and those are always good too i love having kids um also like close their eyes and visualize what it should look like i think that's also another really good skill um, to have so these are just a few examples of what makes a um a classroom a good visual learning space but i will say that um I, I forgot about this this piece. Here's some advice that we have, and that is give visual learners quiet study time to review their notes and outline chapters and draw diagrams. Don't forget about video clips. Of course, in this time of virtual learning, we're doing so many video clips right now, but they can also really help to enforce the concepts that you're learning or discussing during lecture time. Um, I forgot about this one as well. Cold calling on visual learners is not always a great idea. Sometimes they need to um, digest the information and process it a little bit in their head and um, either take a moment to review their notes or create a graphic that will help them recall and remember the information. Um, And then finally, I just want to capitalize on creating opportunities for students to express their creativity in class. So give them opportunities to create poster projects or short skits or show their learning in multiple ways. Yeah, and I've been having an experience that same thing, um, recovering from a brain injury. I need processing time after meetings, and I'll um, have to kind of reframe my notes, sketch them out, and things like that, build the models, like I said, to really remember the information. And so I am using that visual um, to help me think now. I guess it's not that ironic that we had to talk about visual learning on our podcast today. Um, We'll do our best to link um, visuals um, for most of the concepts that we talked about today on our webpage and then also on our Instagram account. And if you scroll back, you can definitely check out some other episodes where we've talked about um, some of the examples that we talked about today in other episodes. Thank you for tuning in.